Welcome to Nude, where we strip back the layers of cultural conditioning, taboos and shame around sex, intimacy and relationships. I am so excited to share with you some of the knowledge and wisdom I've gained as a self-development enthusiast, exotic dancer, mother, dominatrix and polyamorous lover. If you're open-minded and ready to hear some real juicy and vulnerable conversations with some epic and fascinating people, then stay tuned and let's get into it. Hello and welcome to this episode of Nude. Today, I am very excited to have a special guest with me, Patrick Bellet. Yeah. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Marissa. How are you doing? Oh, great. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, great. Great to see you. I'm so excited to have you here. So Patrick is a somatic sex educator and he has done a course with the Institute of Somatic Sexology. And we're going to have a big old chat about that today because we are both mega sex nerds. Yep. That's yeah. what we talk about. Yeah. We're just always <laughs> frothing on the sex. <laughs> and this course, the course that Patrick uh, has done, is actually the course that I intend to do next year and I'm saving the money for right now. So, mm-hmm. And Patrick just happens to be my current flatmate. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> so <laughs> I met Patrick through David. So Patrick has been David's therapist now for how long? Probably a good eight months, I guess. Yeah, so. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, oh, even coming up it, it must be a year because yeah. when we met, when I met you, you were already David's therapist, I believe. Yeah. You're already working with him. Yeah. And yeah, so David introduced me to you after lockdown when we were looking for somewhere to live. And then, yeah, I've known you ever since. We've run into each other at play parties. <laughs> I think maybe that was the next place I saw you was at a play party. I think we've run into each other at both the play parties that I've been to recently. Yeah. My favourite story about you, Mercy, is that at the Ignition Festival recently, yeah, we were walking down with my campmates and there was a woman being flogged and she had the most incredible ass and... <laughs> One of my campmates said, hey, whoa, 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 hang on, we have to stop and just appreciate the beauty of this. And uh, and I walked back and had a look for a second and I went, oh, yeah, that's my flatmates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, I got the best flatmates. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so we've been to quite a few fun events together, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of play parties mm. and Ignition was so, so good. I was saying how Ignition lined up with my like fertile part of my menstrual cycle and it was just so much fun. <laughs> I remember you saying it's the most fun you've ever had. Yeah. yeah. It was the most fun I've ever had. It was so good, so good. <laughs> uh, so I would love to hear about a little bit about your backstory. Like how did you come to be a somatic sex educator? Sure. Wow. Um, That could be a very long answer. Um, I've just always been interested in sex. Mm -hmm. It's the one thing that I've never lost interest in. Mm. And it's the one thing that I've never stopped getting better at. Mm. Um, That's not really my backstory, but um, it kind of describes my motivation, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess my backstory probably starts with uh, Tilia Brand. 
who is also a sexological body worker. So technically speaking, I'm a certified sexological body worker. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot easier to say somatic sex educator. Would you mind defining a little bit about what that what that is? A sexological body worker? Yeah. Sure. We um, we coach people to access more pleasure in their bodies. Mm. That's the short answer. What a sweet job. Mm. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Um, I mean, so many people are so disconnected from their pleasure. It's not just about pleasure. We do a lot more than just coach pleasure. Mm. Uh, it can be anything from, gosh, issues with orgasming or not orgasming or uh, erections or ejaculations or um, choice around ejaculation. Mm. Yeah. Anuses. Mm, lots, lots of anuses. Lots of anuses. Um, <laughs> So we have kind of a little thing in sexological body work where we 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 kind of we believe that anal massage will change the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in full agreement. I'm into it. <laughs> Why? Why do you think that is? Well, the inner anal sphincter is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Getting me to talk about it is not the problem. Getting me to stop talking about it is the problem. That's cool. I'm the host. I'll I'll cut in. So the, the, the inner anal sphincter is not striated muscle. It's smooth muscle. And it's not a part of your body that can be negotiated with. So it either opens or it doesn't open. It, it works on its own time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it opens, it's a really beautiful thing. And we can, by touching the inner anal sphincter very carefully with a lot of presence under the guidance of our student, yeah, it's like having all your internal organs accessed. It's a bit like an iridologist will look at your eye and mm. tell you which organs are having issues. Or like reflexology? Yeah, like reflexology. Yeah, but I'm not exactly ass. sure exactly what part of your inner anal sphincter will affect your kidneys. Mm-hmm. But by you telling me a little bit further to the left or a little bit further to the right, and okay, just there. Mm. And we're not really probing we're just holding at that stage Mm. and providing your brain the opportunity to get a bit more information about a body part that you probably don't have much knowledge about Mm. Mm. there we drive straight into the anus oh i love it about yourself and how you got into this okay (laughs) 30 seconds in and we're already on anuses (laughs) that's cool um david and i recorded an entire episode about anal and kink so i'm into it I mean, it's fascinating to me, but there's still so, so much I don't know. Mm. And, yeah, I think it's, yeah. So, okay. I guess actually a better answer, probably a more succinct answer, yeah. is accessing the inner anal sphincter is deeply relaxing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Deeply relaxing. And being deeply relaxed is really good for us because we're generally quite hyper. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're quite wound up. And can you – so, obviously, this is a broad statement, but I, I – the, the you know, that it's going to change the world – but can you expand on that a little bit more? Because it's not just about deep relaxation, right? Like there's more about that. There's more about accessing that part of our body that if everyone was open to it and we could, or at least a large portion of people, it so, would make a, di- a big difference. Yeah. I mean, the more people we have living outside of the shame matrix, mm. potentially the better world we have. Mm-hmm. Mm. And can you say more on shame and the asshole? Uh, the <laughs> asshole is almost all about shame. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, it's where shame lives in their body. Mm. It's certainly even the thought of it is disgusting and dirty, uh, horrible, possibly painful. Mm-hmm. We have a, a strict policy of a zero tolerance for pain. Mm-hmm. 
That's mm. really important. Yeah. Because when you get pain, your brain sort of starts to build a picture that, well, this is not a good thing. It makes the association. Yeah. yeah. Whereas when you can have really deeply relaxing experiences, your life can change. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm into this now. I'm into this. We'll get back to your backstory, but I'm into this now about, about anal. So... So the shame is a big part. So simply overcoming the shame to have someone, um, you know, access your asshole is going to be a huge part. And what do you think, you know, what do you think is is needed to for people to overcome that shame and why? Like why would this dude on the street who's hearing that you do anal massage, what, like what, how can you convince him that this is a good idea? What's he going to get from it? Well, firstly, I don't really want to convince him it's a good idea. <laughs> I, I really want him to just come. Just hand out flyers. I just really want him to come because he, he's curious and he thinks yeah. it's going to be a good idea. But, yeah. but if I had to get on a soapbox and start <laughs> preaching to people, uh, which is completely against what I believe in doing. But yeah. if I was to, why, why would you do this? Yeah. How can you make this idea that you're that you that you do as a therapist? How is it? Can it be accessible to someone that's never heard of it before? That's just like no way from the start. More just like open their mind to the idea. Definitely not convince them to do it. That's <laughs> that's not something that I that I support. <laughs> it's such a deep question. I'm just trying to think mm. where to dive in on on the answer with that. But um, look. <sighs> Even just being witnessed as a human is a huge piece for a lot of us. Mm. But if you were interested in anal massage or you were curious about this and there was something you wanted to learn around that, mm. you've really just got two choices. Well, maybe three, I guess. You could convince a partner who has no training to give it a go. Mm. You can go to a sex worker who also has probably no training but – um, probably quite a lot of experience, mm -hmm. possibly. Ask questions, folks. Yeah. Uh, or you can go to a sexological body worker who has training specifically in this area. And we're not just talking about the physical part of that, but we're talking about the neuroscience behind why we're doing this mm. and uh, the fact that we are actually educators and not just purely there to make um, a nice time for people. Mm -hmm. We're there to educate people so they can go and have a nice time themselves. Mm. Mm. And there's also the education and experience around how to hold space for a session like that, right? Sure. Whereas, yeah, that might not be the same for your partner, for instance. They mm. might not know quite the, um, the the delicacy, I guess, like that, that it's mm. delicate to, to go into that part of your body and that you can mm. you can do it in a way that – could put you off or make you feel uncomfortable. Or oh, you could be traumatized for life. You can, well, definitely, yeah, mm. you can definitely if, mm. it, if it's if it's not done right. So mm. it's a very delicate thing to approach. The other thing too, uh, Mercy, is that um, a lot of people have actually had sexual trauma as well. Yeah, and so it's just not the sort of thing you just want to go around sticking your fingers up people's bums mm -hmm. because if they have got some trauma there already, that could unleash a really bad sequence of events mm -hmm. uh, for you and that person. Mm -hmm. mm. So within the anal massage, the what we're what you're kind of um, I'm just kind of like clarifying exactly what happens and why so you're releasing some tension 
in that sure. area, yeah. maybe some stored trauma, mm-hmm. shame. shame. So, yeah, so working through through that, mm. through gentle touch, mm. pressure, so, holding. I mean, the way that that would possibly look is you might come and say, look, I'm really interested in accessing more pleasure in my anus. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, it's just a complete disconnect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be experiencing pain or hemorrhoids or... Uh, numbness is quite common, particularly mm-hmm. as we get older. We, If we don't use it, we lose it. Uh, and so that might happen over four or five or six sessions. Mm-hmm. And the first sessions would just literally be about teaching you to get into your body, to down-regulate, in other words, you know, calm yourself. So a lot mm-hmm. of people don't even re- realize they can regulate their own bodies. Mm-hmm. They think that uh, that is outside of their control. Mm. And so that's a big part of what we teach as well, mm. uh, regulation. Mm. Mm. So uh, we would also uh, want to coach uh, how to say no. Mm-hmm. We would want to be very clear about how it sounds for you to say no. Because mm. some people go, uh-uh, or mm. mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. Can I'm not sure about this can be a firm no for someone. Mm-hmm. So um so we coach how to say no, how to say yes, how to identify what you want. Mm. Um we have a lot of uh exercises and kind of games and things. Mm-hmm. So maybe after two or three sessions your body might be at the stage where you're ready mm. uh to um receive anal massage. Mm. Mm. Gosh, it would be so lovely if more people understood that this was an option rather than f- like I feel what I hear a lot from people is just this like disconnect from the fact that they could even feel pleasure there. Like there's a lot of pressure on it feels like there's a lot of pressure on women to do anal. It's definitely like a thing. It's a bit of a mm-hmm. trend and it's a huge thing in porn and and it's a taboo in people's lives, right. in, in regular mm-hmm. people's lives. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it can be a taboo. And breaking a taboo is, you know, quite an erotic charge for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yeah. It's one yeah. of the four cornerstones of eroticism. Ah. Oh, we're going to get into that next. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Now we're getting into juicy sex yeah. nerd stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I do, I do wish that that was something that I, th- I think a lot of the time people women that I've spoken to have they've done had anal sex out of feeling pressure like they should rather than out of their own curiosity to experience pleasure there and so they end up having anal sex and it's not pleasurable mm. and feeling yeah tra- so I would really I would really like to invite people that are curious about exploring anal pleasure anal penetration to find a certified sexological body worker mm. a somatic sex educator mm-hmm and work at how to do this because it's not just something you say, right, I'm going to fuck you up the ass now. It just doesn't work that way. No. And what we see portrayed <laughs> in porn of people just, you know, going straight in there, mm-hmm. it does not work. That's incredibly painful. You're likely to tear. Mm. Um, yeah, no. The, the actors that you see performing in porn – have prepared themselves for that and are probably mm. very used to doing those acts as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. There's a lot of preparation that goes into yeah. So, so find someone that can educate you, and um, and you know, I would say you know, not just someone that that has experience, but someone that actually has experience as an educator and knows the neuroscience. You know what's happening here, 
Because when the body opens, it's a slow process, but when the body opens or the anus opens, mm. then you can be penetrated and it's beautiful. Mm. And there are more nerve endings in an asshole than there are in a penis. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. So, uh, yeah, so vulva owners have really got it going on because there are also more nerve endings for pleasure in a clitoris than there are in a penis. Mm, yeah. It's all the clitoris. Yum. What have you? And the cervix. Yeah. And the yoni. Yeah. And the G crest. Yeah. <laughs> and the perineum. Yum. And the labia. <laughs> we got it sucks, ladies. And the mons pubis. Yeah. <laughs> We've all got mons pubis, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, before we go into the four cornerstones of, what was it, erotic, eroticism? Mm-hmm. Four cornerstones of eroticism. I wanted to, what did I want to just ask? What either you yourself have experienced in exploring this area, like anal massage, uh-huh. or what have you witnessed other people experience when uh-huh. you're, you know, what what happens? What might happen for okay. you or so them? My own personal most profound experiences, uh, one was at Sexological Bodywork. And I had my finger inside um, my practice partner Mm -hmm. and all the way to the point where I could feel her tailbone internally, the tip of her tailbone. And it was off to the left. And so a physio or someone would maybe try and manipulate that. But as sexological body workers, we stay with people. We're very slow. We're very present. Mm. I actually just watched it move. So the body knows what to do. The tailbone, just as soon as we gave the brain some information, it's something that brain could latch onto. The body just went bloop. Whoa. The weird thing was, though, when it was (laughs) my turn to swap, exactly the same thing happened with me. Whoa. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty closely aligned with that particular student. And, um, yeah. That's crazy. Lots of crazy stuff going on together. (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting, though, and it makes sense, you know, by having like that part of your body's never touched. So Mm. when you bring some touch to it, Mm. your brain can just make that connection. Mm. Like, oh, what's Mm. going on in this part of the body? Oh, there's this going on. Mm. Actually, I should be really clear. When I said student, I should have said colleague. That Mm. wasn't one of my students. That was Uh, one of my colleagues. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's amazing. When you make those connections, what happens? Mm. The other most amazing, profound experience personally I've had, it was receiving a sexological bodywork session and I was interested in fisting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, yeah, well, that was deep. Mm. You know, like I, I probably don't even really have words for it, but mm. it was just really deep um, mm. and um, and beautiful and slow and present and amazing, mm. life-changing. Mm. But really also kind of difficult to then, oh, life-changing, but how was it life-changing? Was it something around mm. like surrender or opening or like yes. I imagine having that part of your body kind of stretched and filled? And I'm somehow or... more me now. Mm. Whoa. Mm, but I mean, sure, surrender, absolutely. That's so interesting. Surrender and trust. Trust, right. Yeah, that's a huge one. Um, so, yeah, you wouldn't just go to a somatic sex educator and book in for that session. That yeah. would maybe be 10 sessions. Yes. In, if that's something that you even wanted to explore, because it's not something that most people want to explore. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but people that practice sexological body work tend to um, be a little out there. Yeah. We're, we're, we're most often intensity junkies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool though. I like that. I think that's why I'm drawn to it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, am I done with anal now? <laughs> I don't know. There's so much more. Can you ever be done with yeah. anal? <laughs> uh, but let's move on to the what you mentioned before about the four cornerstones of eroticism. Would you mind giving a brief? Do I need to go and get my book, I wonder? Hang on. Nah, um, you got okay. it. So the four cornerstones of eroticism, Mercy, mm-hmm. are longing and anticipation, violating prohibitions, Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Searching for power mm-hmm. and overcoming ambivalence. Ah, okay. And by four cornerstones of eroticism, what you mean is the four most? Um, you define it because I don't know what I'm talking well, about because I haven't done the course yet. <laughs> attraction and obstacles equal excitement. Okay. And so, you know, what are sort of those obstacles? Mm-hmm. You know. Searching for power, overcoming ambivalence, breaking taboos, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of longing anticipation. We're now getting into super sex nerd geek stuff. So I'm really into, so one of the books we study in sexological body work is The Erotic Mind by Jack Moran, who also wrote a really good book on the anus. Sorry, peeps, there's a lot of noise happening in the background today because... My dog is having an allergic reaction right now to something and his face is swelling up and he's scratching all the time. So he's only got one eye as it is. <laughs> it's not going well for him. So, <laughs> and so I'm trying to open the door and let him outside, but then there's planes flying in the sky and oh, it's all happening. Oh. I, I hope he's going to be okay. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so the idea mm. is to calculate your core erotic theme. Right. Which took me two years. Mm, wow. Why do you think it took two years? Well, I had to read the book three times. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. And every time in the first chapter of the book, it invites you to stop. Mm-hmm. Do the survey now. And then you turn to the survey and it's pages and pages and pages. Oh, and right. Think, yeah. Oh, and no, I'll just read the book and kind of work it out as I go along. <laughs> I always do that. It's really bad. <laughs> so on the third reading, I went, okay, stuff it. I'm going to do it. And I did it. And so really, I'm kind of calculating from the first time I started reading the book to the time I actually completed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just, it took months and months. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big problem for me is every time I'd turn a page in the book, there'd be a description of a erotic encounter. And I'd read it and go, oh, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> and I'd turn another page and there'd be a completely different erotic encounter and think, oh, that sounds pretty good to me. And the idea is you're not meant to like them all. Mm. Uh, so I just became very confused. Like, it's not clear that I'm this way or that way. And it really helped when I did uh, Jaya's erotic blueprint test, mm-hmm. which you'll find at MissJaya.com. Okay. She is also a sexological body worker. And it's a kind of a very short and quick way to kind of work out your core erotic theme without having to spend months doing it. Mm. When I did that, I found I was a shapeshifter, which means I just like everything. Yeah. Yeah. And my secondary was everything else equally, Mm -hmm. which just kind of confirmed that I just like everything. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> that's awesome. And that's why when I'm reading the book, I'm going, well, that scenario sounds good and that scenario sounds good. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's something that potentially makes me a really good sex educator because someone mm-hmm. can come to me and say they want to explore a particular kink or they want to learn about anal or uh, genital pleasure mm-hmm. or, you know, really anything. And I'm yep. not going to go, oh, really? Yeah. Well, you can relate to can most go, yeah. of what they're going to be yeah. interested in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we always work without judgment anyway, but below me not having any judgment professionally is mm-hmm. me personally not having any judgment. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's pretty useful. Is there like one or two really common things that you're working with clients with? Something that's like a real pattern that like most people are coming to you for, or is it really diverse? It is really diverse. I think probably one of the big things is learning to say no. Mm. Really asserting yourself, having personal agency, Mm. boundaries. You know, we all get into a sex situation and we kind of have a, you know, a little mumble about, you know, safe sex, should we use condoms? Mm. What what, what should we, you know, what do you want to do, babe? You know, and... (laughs) (laughs) And we're not really having very clear conversations, and it's because nah. we're not practiced in having those conversations. Yeah, mm. you know, like you know, hi, Mercy. Um, just so you know, I've recently had an STI test; it was all clear. I personally have never had uh, uh, contracted an STI, um, or whatever it is you want to say. Or I have contracted an STI; um, it was treated; it's fine. Or um, you know, I have a reoccurring STI. Mm. Have these conversations mm. uh, so that people can make informed decisions. I guess the really scary one for me is people go, thanks for sharing. I've never had an STI test. Uh. And I'm open to not using condoms. I'm going, woof. How about no? <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, yeah. Uh, and then, then that comes up. The second issue that we often train people is how to say no mm. and also how to receive a no. Oh, yeah. Because that can feel really shitty sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And in the in-between ground is not enduring. Oh. They're just putting up with something. And particularly when it comes to sex. Yeah. This is such a big one. I remember like, oh, I've seen so many, like, I really love stand-up comedy and I, I, I try to watch a lot of, of women who are stand-ups. And there was I went through this phase of watching this particular kind of um, group of different women and, and I enjoyed a lot of their comedy, but there was this theme that ran through their comedy around sex with their husbands and how they would basically just put up with it and yeah. endure it. And it's like this thing that – that that women have learned that that's what we're meant to do. And it's not that it's only women doing that either. Please don't do that, vulva owners. Yeah. It, so we'll actually, mm. just to be clear, actually, we'll, we'll often say vulva owners mm. rather than women because mm. not everybody with a vulva considers themselves to be a woman. Yep. Uh, and not all women have vulvas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. just to be clear, yeah. Yeah. Vulva configured human, that's my yeah. favourite, but yeah. that's kind of confusing at <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot to say, but yep, yep, we can go with that. Vulva-configured humans. I myself. <laughs> I myself am a penis-configured human. Nice. Now everyone knows what genitals we have. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah, so, yeah, there was this theme around, and it's like 
that, that's definitely a thing. Like uh, women apparently at certain age or a vulva configured owners uh, go off sex and endure it just to hold a relationship together or something. Actually, Mercy, I'm going to jump on my, my soapbox for a minute. Do it. Men, penis, penis people, please. If your partner has a vulva, slow down. Mm, preach. Just slow down. It takes at least 45 minutes for a vulva to become engorged. Yes. What you can do with your penis in three and a half minutes from a cold start to, oh, oh I'm sleepy now, <laughs> cannot be done in the same way with a vulva-configured human. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to pleasure a vulva-configured human, it's going to take at least an hour. Mm-hmm. Take your time. Slow mm. down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Preach, Patrick. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's so true. And, and even like for me, I've felt this pressure and it's been a huge thing I've been working on this last year is I felt pressure to keep up with, with, men and like with my partners because they can they can go from zero to a hundred within minutes Mm. and i feel like we've been taught that that's the right way that's the default way is that you know like arousal is quick and spontaneous almost and porn is such a poor educator yeah Uh, and what we see you know these guys are really controlling the scene Mm -hmm. uh they're really um basically using the the woman for for pleasure mm-hmm. um yeah and not always the case but you know it's typically what's portrayed yeah and beautiful lovemaking is a is a dance between two people mm-hmm. or three or mm. four mm-hmm. <laughs> as many as we can fit in a room between a number of people from one to a hundred <laughs> yeah <laughs> whoa a hundred person orgy gosh Oof. imagine that I know. Where do we get? What's our the biggest mercy? orgy you've been? where well, you've been in? Because I've not actually really been in an orgy, and like, it's definitely on the list of things. Okay, so for me that would be six people. Okay, but here's the thing: so an orgy in my brain is an interaction between multiple people, but where they're kind of all engaging mm. rather than just what I have experienced Taking like a, or a play party where there's a bunch of people having sex in a room mm-hmm. like that's not an orgy to me an orgy mm-hmm. is where like everyone is connected mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. way or at least that's my fantasy <laughs> yeah what a great fantasy mercy um, and this I mean you want to start talking about consent and boundaries. Right, which and is how would you manage that in an there's orgy? It's a lot of conversations and it's a lot of people going for tests and it's a lot of people yeah. mm-hmm. um you know being honest and there's a lot of integrity and a lot of mm. trust. There's mm. a lot of condoms, mm. there's a lot of dental dams, mm-hmm. there's a lot of lube, mm. um, there's a lot of hand sanitizer. Yes. I really want to get people Want people to start thinking about using gloves? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, we put we put rubber on our genitals 
but we don't put rubber on our hands. Mm. And then the hands go in the mouth or on the face well, or on I the genitals. I touch my genitals and I touch yeah. somebody else's genitals and I touch yeah. somebody else's genitals. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, so an orgy space could be really super safe or it could also be... Very, very <laughs> risky. <laughs> okay, so you had like a six-person orgy? Yeah. What was that like? It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Was it at a play party or was it friends? Was it... Was that a club? A club, like a sex kind mm-hmm. of club. Mm-hmm. It wasn't CKK, but it was um, another club in Auckland. Oh, yeah, there is another one. There's just... Yeah, I can't remember the name of it either. It was but, called yeah. Sparty, but I don't know if it's still there. Oh, yeah. Mm, Cross Street or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they were all just people I didn't know. Oh, I knew my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, a stranger orgy. Yeah, a stranger orgy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Isn't it? I mean, like, certainly for me, things change. I'm certainly a lot more discerning. Mm. So this was, how long ago was this? Well, I'm 52, so I guess I was probably about 30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Was there discussions then around consent? Because, I mean, I feel like in my lifetime, consent has become a really, like, it's become known in popular culture. Mm. Whereas when I was younger, I don't remember even hearing about it really 20 years ago in swingers clubs it was really just an encouragement to have safe sex or mm-hmm. an insistence. so just basically use a condom use a condom as, as far as it went and then you just sort of did it on the fly mm-hmm. like you know oh, don't touch my hair um, right it yeah. was a wig um yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah just things like that yeah you know? yeah may i penetrate you again <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> How did we get onto orgies? I feel like we were going somewhere, but then we got sidetracked with orgies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it left off from core erotic theme. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> so my core erotic theme <laughs> is basically more. More of everything. Yeah, more of everything. More, longer. Longer, better. Yeah. More. So that doesn't necessarily mean more partners. Mm-hmm. It does mean variation. It means, um, yeah, long sessions sometimes, but just not always being the same. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So if I'm really met by one person, I can be really happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, monogamous. Mm-hmm. It's quite a big ask, mm-hmm. but, you know, it has been done before and um, it's currently happening now. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, because you've also, something I do discuss, you know, occasionally on the podcast is polyamory and open relating and mm-hmm. such and that's something that you've been on a journey with too hey yeah <clears throat> currently i'm a bit burned by it and i'm feeling quite grumpy about it mm, so maybe yeah. we should probably do that on another cast sometime but yeah. uh, i'm currently reading polysecure yeah i'm super curious to read about that i'll put these books that have been mentioned in mm-hmm. the show notes so people can have a look for mm. themselves i'm super interested in attachment theory mm, um yeah it's just a good little piece of psychology that that tends to work quite well it it yeah i'm never advocating that we should put people in boxes but um mm. it's quite useful it's useful to know what you're likely to do mm-hmm. when things get uncomfortable do you run yes. away uh do you get really you know anxious to get defensive yeah how do things play out for you and so the book is really applying secure attachment or secure connection uh, with polyamorous partners. Mm. But it also defines a whole heap of different um, consensual non-monogamy styles mm. um, from monogamy through to a relationship anarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, that's yeah, I'm super curious to read that book as well for myself. Yeah, it looks really interesting. Recommend it. Yeah. So a couple more things about sex bod. So for people out there that are curious, what can, what are some things that they could maybe start doing for themselves to I guess like how can people start exploring at home for themselves more more pleasure in their body? The best thing ever is orgasmic yoga. Ooh. Okay, cool. So when I said uh, to my friend, who's a sexological body worker, who inspired me to do this, oh, here's the backstory. Oh, here's the backstory. <clears throat> we're, we've, we've looped around. Cool. We've looped around. Here's the backstory. So um, <laughs> I've known Talia Brand since I was five. She's a sexological body worker, and she really inspired me to, to do this. Mm-hmm. And when a few years ago, maybe three years ago, I said, oh, I think I'll do it. She said, well, if you're going to do that, you're going to need to do this. And she handed me a piece of paper. And maybe we should post uh, something, uh, just a couple of practices. Mm -hmm. But she handed me a piece of paper with some orgasmic yoga practices on it. Cool. And I can remember looking at it and thinking, so is this just a fancy way of jerking off? (laughs) Because, like, I'm pretty good at that. (laughs) 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 And... um, yeah, it's exploring pleasure. It doesn't necessarily need to include genitals. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, another great resource is Betty Martin's um, hand activation exercise. Ooh. Okay. Uh, that's a YouTube video. I'll give you the link. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. Super, super awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would be just that's getting people into their bodies and accessing more pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the sort of thing they can expect to have happen. In a, so we say sex bod. Sexological body work session or a mm-hmm. somatic sex education session. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Orgasmic yoga. Okay. Oh, it's the best. Changed my life. Wow. As, yeah, anal massage changed my life as well. So mm-hmm. I've had two life changing events. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. So can you give a little <laughs> bit of an idea of what an orgasmic yoga session might look like? Because that could sound quite uh, confronting, I guess. Yeah. Um, These are running online right now. Are they open to. Yes. To access to, for anyone or? Yeah. We yeah. can also include that link. So my teacher, yeah. uh, Uma, runs a orgasmic yoga class every Tuesday night, mm-hmm. New Zealand time, 7 o'clock, and every Wednesday morning, New Zealand time, 11. And uh, also my friend Bea Bliss uh, runs one mm. on Sunday morning. But uh, for that one, you need to have had some experience. Okay. Um, that's not for newbies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, cool! And yeah, so what? I, yeah, what I was so, saying so, is so, a little bit about what it might look like. Okay, so like. an orgasmic yoga practice would normally start by taking a breath, mm-hmm. dropping down into your body, and then it would normally be followed by a body scan, which is being very present in your body and just bringing your awareness to different parts of your body. Mm-hmm. And from there, the purpose of the class might be to access more pleasure or it might be to uh, explore touch or it might be to explore unpartnered sex Mm. that's kind of interesting so unpartnered sex as opposed to just masturbating where masturbating you're probably pretty much always on your belly or always on your back and your Mm. legs are always straight and your feet are always you know so unpartnered sex is where basically you're making love to yourself. 
and it can involve cushions and sex toys mm. and blankets and potentially blindfolds, <clears throat> bringing in elements of surprise. Whoa. So that's a pretty interesting class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a little bit of integration at the end where we'll just sort of be still and allow our brains. And this is actually something we recommend for any pleasure activity you have. Mm. When it's finished, just stop and be still mm. for at least a minute and let your brain take a snapshot of how your body's feeling, mm-hmm. yep. what you're noticing what you're appreciating, what you want to remember about this. Because we're so quick to just get up and start making shopping lists again mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, getting on with our busy lives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. That's great advice. Wow, that sounds so interesting. Okay, I, I'm going to do it. I'm getting into it. The orgasmic, I do it every week. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. You've sent me the link. I just haven't got around to it yet. I'm going to do it though. I'll do it and then I'll do an episode you in, about you it. You in your room and me in my room. <laughs> Doing it. <laughs> that's awesome (laughs) um so because you can do it online it's something that i mean you could switch the camera off i assume if you wanted to yeah feel if you if this was like your first time doing it and you're really like whoa what is this so it's all about agency you get to choose whether you want to be on camera or off camera you get to choose whether you want to be clothed or unclothed yeah 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 so that's something you can experience in the privacy of your own home Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, and almost for free. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty much donation based. Donation. So yeah. I just, I pay what I'd pay for a yoga class. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome. Oh, so interesting. Okay. Is there anything that you would love to share with the world? Cause you're on, you got the mic, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. here's your opportunity. If there is anything that you want to get out there before we wrap it up. Yeah, I would definitely like to encourage people to seek out somatic sex educators. Mm. Um, you know, I, I've been trying to work a bunch of this stuff out, stuff out on my own for a mm. long time. And I think that I was doing okay. Mm. But the exponential growth that I've got through working with people that are trained yep. um, has been oh, mind-blowing, life-changing. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, find people that are really skilled, not people that have done weekend courses. No. Um, You know, I wouldn't want someone mapping my genitals that had had, you know, a week or 10 days training. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been doing, we've been training for months. Yeah. Yeah, get some therapy, folks. Oh, yeah. Please. Please go to therapy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I I, I have a session myself uh, at least every fortnight. There's a lot going on in the world. It's hard to work it out on your own. You get stuck in your head. It goes around and around and around. It eats you. It, it causes a whole bunch of unhealthy hormones. It ages you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're working with someone that's skilled, that you get on well with, you're going to learn things and work things out a lot mm. quicker and better. And on that note, definitely, if you're going to get a therapist, I would say get a somatic therapist. Yes, because definitely. when we work somatically, which means from the body, we tend to get like two years worth of therapy in six months. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's certainly been my experience. I've done an awful lot of cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. It's, for me, really yuck. Yeah. So that's talk therapy. <clears throat> and sitting around and talking, just just bringing up the same stuff over and over and over again. Why do I have to tell the story again? Mm. Oh, my God. Um, whereas working out where the trauma lived in my body and mm. how it looked and 
even things that didn't make sense to my head, like you know what color it was and how mm. heavy it was mm. and how much space it took up and and being with things rather than trying to make them change. Mm. I'm getting a bit techy. Sorry. No, it's great. I'm loving it. I'm the, people love it. I'm sure everyone that's listening yeah. is going to love it. So yeah, well, and I can personally advocate for you as a therapist because I've had uh, sessions with you and for somatic therapy in general because I've been seeing my therapist I've probably been seeing for about at least two years now mm. and I still remember the first time she uh, asked me to feel into my body where like feel whatever I was explaining to her I don't remember what it was it was something painful and she asked me to feel where that where that was in my body and I remember just being like why I don't want to. What do you mean? Like, what's the wh- point? What is the point? Exactly. What's the point? I just want to tell you my story. Like, why do I have to feel into what's in my body? And I kind of was just like, ugh, you know, like just dismissed it and was just annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she's a smart woman. She's very, very well trained. So she gently persisted with me. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And then over many months, and I did the ISTA training, was a really big part for me mm-hmm. of understanding embodiment because it's so immersive. Mm-hmm. And so it really gave me that opportunity to like let go of everything else and just dive into embodiment practices and into myself. And then, yeah, and then since David and I have just been through like really big transition in our relationship and we've come to you, Patrick, for sessions. And, mm. yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing the, the what you get out of an hour and a half session, <laughs> like how different you feel after mm. – the, the, it's it's a transformation from, or at least it has been for me. Mm. It's not. It's going to be completely different for every single person. But for me, each session is a transformation. Is new, is a transition to a new space, a new awareness, new feelings. And yeah, like what you said about how when you were talking about cognitive behavioral therapy, and you said not wanting to tell the story again. Well, I feel like that's what happens is you get trapped in telling stories and you don't actually you don't actually progress really. In fact, you can almost make it worse because yeah. you're just telling the same story to your body over and over again to yourself. And whereas in a, a sexological bodywork session or what we were doing was more like embodied counseling, you mm-hmm. said, right? Mm-hmm. And you're you're getting into the parts of yourself that don't know about a story. They only know about, you know, tension and trauma. Mm. And there was this one moment where you were kind of taking me on a bit of a shamanic journey and uh yeah, and just like I just started crying. Like all this feeling started coming up and like around my kind of my like solar plexus. I think we were horse riding. Yeah, we yeah. were on a shamanic horse riding journey in <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> And yeah, and I don't even remember what you said, but then I got all this pain come up in my solar plexus and then I just started crying. Mm -hmm. And there was no like cognitive, there was no logical understanding of what was going on. I had no idea why I was crying. And that was really fascinating to me because often I'm making a connection and I'm like conscious of the, the, the stuff that's coming up. But that was a real like, whoa, I have no idea what's moving right now, but it's moving and it needs to move and I'm letting it. And that was a really beautiful experience. And so we call that sequencing. Ooh. Um, it doesn't have to make any sense in your head. Yeah. yeah. But something sequenced out of your body. Mm. Uh, and we did it by getting your head out of the way. Yes. Because the brain yeah. is constantly going, well, what's all this then? 
<laughs> Hang on a minute. I'm feeling sadness. <laughs> what does this mean? Where does it come from? <laughs> Who made this happen? What's how going on? I, how can I fix this as quickly as possible? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's such a huge thing that the brains need to always fix, fix, fix or mm-hmm. manage or understand or get away from as well just get away from the pain sometimes can be like yeah or understand it yeah so i, I wanna always want to know why why yeah. why am i feeling this why <laughs> i do want to honor that because it is the brain doing its job yeah so thank you brain thanks brain thanks brain but you can have a little just have a rest for just a moment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway when it comes to things like pain yeah, the obvious thing is like, oh, shit, not that pain again. Mm. Oh, that's from that horse riding accident or whatever. Mm. Um, and by doing that, we're, kind of, we're, we're restricting blood flow and oxygen and nutrients to that, to that body area. Mm. And it sounds sort of counterintuitive, but if, if you're able to go, oh, welcome, old friend. Mm. Let me just sit with you mm. without judgment or trying to work out what to do. Mm. The body will then... That was when I cried when yeah. you said that. You mm. said something like that to uh-huh. me around just sitting with, like, just being with it. Be with it. And that's, yeah, that was what made me cry. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> so the body knows what to do. Yeah. The yeah. body's really wise. Yeah. Um, oh, I was about to get geeky about cells. I won't. Um, <laughs> the cellular intelligence we have and, yes. and yeah. the intelligence in our DNA mm. and also potentially the trauma that we're carrying in our DNA as well. So when we show up and we do the work, we don't actually have to have the whole planet go for therapy, but Mm. just a critical mass of people going and doing the work is going to make a huge difference. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those things, like these experiences, uh, these embodied experiences that we're talking about, it's really difficult, maybe not even possible to really understand them until you feel it. I think like when you really go through it yourself in a session, you will, it will, it will change how you feel about yourself and how you perceive things, I think, because. Yeah, I I guess I have to be careful not to sound too much like an evangelist because I really feel I've got something that can really help people. Right. Yeah. And. Oh, I do that all the time. And it can just make (laughs) such a massive difference. Um. But really, people have got to sort of be curious about it and yep. come and ask for it. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just get real excited about stuff, eh? <gasps> you must try this. It'll change your life forever. But then you're putting a lot of expectations out there for people so expectation, <laughs> to hang on to. Expectation is premeditated disappointment. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's a huge part of what we do is working with intention yep. rather than goals. Yeah. When we're setting goals, our brain likes to – orgasm is a perfect example. Our mm. brain likes to draw a dot like, I want to come – Yep. And then just a straight line between where I'm at and where I want to get and yep. how quickly can I do that. And mm-hmm. so vibrator right there on the clitoris, do like this, do like that. Oof, okay, that was great. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Or whatever it is for you, right? Mm-hmm. But when we set an intention and let go of orgasm as a goal, mm. we get to experience all these other nuances. It's like a whole journey. And we might mm. not we might not get an orgasm, but mm. we have this whole other experience. Mm. And that's how we can make love for 12 or 14 or 16 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely can't do that if it's just like coming after three minutes or no. even 10 minutes no, or half an then hour. You can, only come, yeah. you can only make love for half an hour. In a yeah. Day. yeah. 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 Oh, such juicy, juicy, such juicy. goodness. Mm-hmm. Slow down, <laughs> feel more. Yeah. Um, 
the best, best, best piece, I think, is really down-regulated sex. So mm. it's weird. Two people are really connected. Their breathing is really slow. They're really mm. relaxed. They're looking into each other's eyes. They're touching. They're moving very slowly. It's kind of a little scary sometimes. It's the opposite of foreplay. Yeah. Because you think, oh, my partner could fall asleep at any moment. And if that happens, that happens. Yeah. But if they don't fall asleep and you do make love in that really mm. super relaxed state. Yeah. Whoosh. Yeah, I That's think the best. I think I need to work on that a lot because I'm often in this like quite hyped up intense state and definitely that's that real slowing down hmm. is yeah, it's so beautiful. There's three types of sex. Um performance-based sex, which is what we see in porn a lot. Um connected sex, which is, you know, love making. Mm. Um and um trance. Mm. So that trance is that really super down-regulated, mm. yummy, connected, mm. slow. So I've got a few clients working on that at the moment because mm. they, they recognize that their path to orgasm is really well-worn, is really well-established, right. it's really quick. Yep. And they're now at a point in their lives where their orgasms are now coming so quickly and so hard that it's it's not quite painful, but it's bordering on it's, being uncomfortable. Right. Okay. Mm. Ooh, I think I want to have a session around this. Oof. And trancey and, sex. And peak pleasure ceilings. Peak pleasure Oof. ceilings. So the, the, <laughs> the, the peak pleasure experience you've ever had in your life. Right. Like the, the best, most extreme, most exquisite orgasm mm-hmm. is not the most that you can ever get. Right. Oh. And blowing through that ceiling. Oh. oh. Yes. And seeing God. I saw God in her living room last week. It was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So if you would like to see God, how can people contact you, Patrick? (laughs) Um, So my website is currently being built. And the best way to get in touch with me now is via my email address, Mm -hmm. which is my name, Patrick Ballot, P-A-T-R-I-C-K. Six nine at gmail dot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will also put this in the show notes as well, so people can can find you. And oh, what was I going to say? And so you also you offer sessions online, right? For we do anyone, a lot of work over for, Zoom, yeah. yeah, for anyone that is not um, able to be in Tauranga, which is where mm-hmm. we're based. You can, yeah, you can have a session online, and I highly recommend it. It's awesome. Online sessions are actually really, really useful because no one is going to touch you in a way that you're not happy with. Mm. Uh, Nothing is going to happen that you're not 100. I mean, it wouldn't happen anyway in a session, but it's just super boundary, super safe. Yeah. A great starting point, I think, for, for someone that's maybe really, really nervous about going into something like that. Even just start, even if they could have a one on one session, maybe. Having that Zoom session could feel so quite So we'll often do a one-on-one safe. session and follow up with Zoom sessions and mm-hmm. we'll do Zoom sessions and then do a one-on-one session. Mm-hmm. Some people I've never seen. I have a lot of clients in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've probably done over 200 Zoom sessions. Mm. Um, they're really useful. They're mm. really interesting. Mm. Yeah, don't discount the value of yeah. working from your own home. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And, you know, and that's the thing. Some people just may not have access to a sexological body worker near them but don't don't miss out because of that because you can get so much value yes yeah. even if you're in bluff folks yeah where's bluff 
so rude. It's near my hometown of Invercargill. <laughs> Sorry, Bluff. I'm sure it's great. I've never been. I'm sure it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay, Patrick, thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. Yay! Thanks for having me, Mercy. It's been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we talk about all the time anyway. Yeah, yeah. this is just a recorded usual conversation (laughs) that we like to have. Okay, bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. This was Nude with Mercy J. If you'd like to support me in bringing you more delicious content, then please do click the link in my bio or go to redcircle.com slash nude slash donations. If you have any questions, suggestions or feedback about this episode, then please do contact me at nudepodcastnz at gmail.com.